Hi friends, I am Erin from Erin Whalen Online, and this is a podcast about my family's homesteading journey from an urban farm in Washington State to 120 acres in Tennessee. This is our journey of how we got to where we are and how we're building our homestead from the ground up. Well, hello friends. It is a little scary starting my first episode of my first podcast, but this has been requested highly and with the amount that's going on in our lives right now, it just felt easier to speak it here and share our journey versus kind of taking the time to write it all out. I love to write, but my life right now is not, <laughs> it's not quite uh conducive to sitting down for long periods of time. We have a lot going on. I don't know if you can hear those baby chicks in the background. If you can, I apologize, but they are going nowhere right now. Um, so I'm going to do a real quick recap of just kind of how we got to 120 acres in Tennessee from our lives in Spokane, Washington, and just kind of the early years. And then we will get in to the good stuff. A little bit about me real quickly. I am a wife and mama. I have been married for almost 12 years now and I have two kids. I have a son who is eight and a daughter who is six. They grow so fast. We're going to to skip ahead a little bit or no behind. We're going to skip back. We're going to rewind <laughs> and we are going to go to Aaron the early years. So I was born in Tenasket, Washington. When we were pretty young, my parents moved us to Olympia and there we lived in a cul-de-sac. We had some amazing neighbors, um, but it definitely was not the life my mom knew or the life that she really wanted us to have. She always wanted us to have acreage, be on land. The goal was to eventually get back to Spokane. And while we were um, there, I was kind of a wild child. I was the first out of four kids, and most of the time when we were in Olympia, it was just me and my sister Leslie. My mom and dad had the other two children. Quite a bit later, we have a, a big age gap between us, which honestly works out great. We love it. But um, going to school, originally, I did not like school. It was not my favorite. I was a little rebellious thing. Um, I ran away from school. I backtalked the principal. I hid from the school bus. I did not do well in the school environment. And I had a very hard time reading. They put me in a lot of specialized classes that I hated. And uh, I just felt like I was dumb. And so I kept begging my mom, please, mom, homeschool me. Please, mom. She said no. She said no. Finally, her and my father talked and decided it was a good idea. She pulled me out of school and homeschooled me. And honestly, my favorite things right now to do are to write and to read. So it went from being the hardest thing in my life to now the one of the biggest joys in my life, truly. I, I'm a reader. I love to read. So... We stayed in Olympia for quite a while, and then finally my dad had an opportunity to transfer back to Spokane. We moved over here, bought 20 acres, got horses, chickens, the whole farm package, and um, I did 4-H for several years, and that was the joy of my life. I had four horses within that period of time. I started with older ones, moved to younger ones. Eventually, I got my horse, Nevada, who was the last one that I had, and I did 4-H with all of them, and it was the biggest joy. I homeschool. I could get my school done very quickly in the morning, then bust outside and play outside all day long. And I was just farm girl heart forever and always. My parents had a huge garden. They canned. So I grew up very much immersed in kind of the farm life. Also, from a very young age, I was entrepreneurial. That's a word, right? Um, I 
did Mary Kay very young. <laughs> um, and I went to the meetings before I could even sign up for Mary Kay. I loved makeup. And so my mom signed up for me and I did it like under her name until I was old enough to do that. I also loved to write so much that I started my own magazine. It was called Genuine <laughs> and it was a quarterly subscription and I wrote it out and I had people um, participate and write articles and I put it all together and sent it out. And I always wanted to work for myself. There there was never a point in time where I was like, oh, I want to work for someone else. I always felt so full of ideas and full of things. And my mind was so busy that I was like, I can come up with things to do myself. Why would I work for someone else? Um, fast forward a little bit. Eventually, I did get some jobs. I worked at a coffee stand. I worked at a vet clinic, um, got out there, saw the world, all, the, all that stuff. And I ended up working in a jewelry department at um, Fred Meyer, which is owned by Kroger. I don't know which part of this, the United States you're in, but most of them have a store, a Kroger or a store that is owned by Kroger. Um, and you know, life got busy and I think in the teen years you get confused. You're not sure what you want. There's a lot of outside voices. My parents were always very supportive of everything that I did. They really did want me to pursue a college education, which I did a little bit. I never finished. <laughs> um, but I worked at Fred Meyer and it wasn't the end all be all, but I was kind of a little lost. I went through some hard years and so, um, it was just, it was what I did. And so through Fred Meyer, I met my husband, Travis. Um, and so we're going to fast forward a few years here. I'm starting to regain my balance. The craziness has gone. We want some organization, some normalization in my life. And um, we get married in 2010 and we get a little house in the city of Spokane. Now I am not, I have never, I mean, I guess I lived in the city in Olympia when I was very young, but for the most part, I have been on a farm, farm girl, all that stuff. So the transition to living in a city was different for me. Travis kept having to tell me to close the windows because I would walk around the house all the time and everything would be open. Everything would be unlocked because that was just how we did it in the country. And so you had to keep reminding me, Aaron, we are in the city. You cannot just leave your windows open all the time and leave your doors unlocked. And so there was a transition period there. But the reason I loved the little house that we lived in on Shannon, it was our little Shannon house. It was the property was kind of shaped like a pizza like a slice of pizza and the backyard was huge and it overlooked the Spokane River and I fell in love with the backyard because I saw the potential to have an urban farm. I had always loved to garden and always loved to do those things and I had participated with my parents in the canning and everything and so I was like I just got married. I'm excited. I'm going to start my own garden. It's going to be amazing and so between working and all that stuff I gardened. We made our backyard beautiful. It was my oasis it was my joy gardening was not enough for me however and I decided I needed more things I needed more we already had a dog at this point in time um, we had a few cats but I was like what else can I have in town that I won't get in trouble about and we didn't have any HOAs or anything like that so I decided we needed chickens and my grandma had chickens she my grandma had a farm growing up that I don't know if you probably no one knows about this, but there was a phase where Rhea meat was uh, very popular. And Rhea is like a large bird, not as large as an ostrich. You can look it up online. But anyhow, they had Rhea's, emus, ostriches, miniature donkeys. They had cattle. She had chickens. She had peacocks. She had guineas. She, my grandma's farm was the place to be. And every summer we would go there and visit. And when we moved back to Spokane, we were a lot closer to her. So we saw her all the time. And I asked her, I said, Grandma, could you spare me a couple chickens? And she said, of course I could. And so we had a dog house for our dog at that point in time. And this is just kind of ingenuity, you guys. Anyone 
can do anything. You can make it happen. It just might be small at first, but you can do it. And we had the dog house the dog was never in, and it was a larger dog house. And so Travis came home from work one day, and I looked at him, and I said, I need that to be a chicken coop. And Travis is always one. He's he's so good about playing along or going along with all my plans, I should say. He usually has reservations, but we talk through them. And I can I can usually pull him to my side. <laughs> and so I said, I need this to be a chicken coop. I need you to cut this piece out. I need you to cut this so I can open up and get eggs. And we need to do this. And we're going to put it in my garden right here. I've got it all figured out. And then we have chickens and fresh eggs. Oh, Travis, you want fresh eggs. You don't you don't know life until you have fresh eggs. And so he jumped on board. We made it into a chicken coop. I drove to my grandma's house with my large dog kennel. And I picked out four chickens and I brought them home with me. And fun fact, I have not been without chickens ever since. I have always had chickens from then on. And the we had raccoons in town, so I was constantly fighting the raccoons with my chickens. We had the dog kennel chicken coop for, uh, I would probably say about two or so years. And then I told Travis, I said, I would love to upgrade to a bigger chicken coop. I want more chickens back here. <laughs> And so we ended up upgrading. I got some ducks in town. That was probably a little too far. The ducks were a little much, but I loved them. Frankie and Lucy, they were my favorites until Frankie got attacked by a raccoon. Raccoons were uh, horrible in town. The worst I've ever experienced was raccoons in town. Um, but anyhow, through all that, I also became pregnant. I had my first child, my son Tyron, and we had decided at that point in time when I had my son that I would stop working and I would be a stay-at-home mom. And Travis always, he grew up with a stay-at-home mom. I grew up with a stay-at-home mom. It was something that was very important to both of us. And so we made it a priority. When we purchased our house and everything, we all, we did everything with the planning ahead of what can we afford. When I, when I quit my job, when we got married, we decided my job was just going to be fun money because we knew at some point in time it was going to disappear. So what could we do with it? We were always trying to be with the purchase of our house, um, all of our houses, actually, this we're on our third right now. We always purchase kind of the crappier house in the decent neighborhood, though. Um, back then, <laughs> the neighborhood wasn't that great, but it did it did get better. It did it got a lot better. Um, and we were to make profit off of each of our houses when we sold them. And so we just kind of went into everything, going, how can we financially make this to our benefit? Um, and so so we bought that house knowing my income would disappear. It did. And I was so excited to be able to stay home with my son. When he was born, it was amazing. And when he was born, though, I quit working. And so I had my child. I was able to be home. But there's that like, I don't, you have the friendship of work. You have a pace that is set for you. And so I was like, I, this is my chance to go back and work for myself again. I want to do something for myself. And so as I think, one in every two American women do, and maybe this is wrong, but I became um, a beach body coach. <laughs> I was trying to get my body back after baby. I wanted to get in shape, and so I decided I'm going to do beach body. And so I was doing all the programs, doing all the things, and then I also was reading a lot of blogs, and I had a lot of bloggers I loved, and I would check them. Back then, blogging was more like diaries, and so they would like write what they ate in the morning, blog what they ate at lunch, take a picture, and for some reason, that was just fascinating to me, and it was these women all over the country. They showed where they were running and working out, and it was beautiful, and it was a way to like to still see and be connected while also staying at home. And I just loved that. And so I also decided to start a blog. And so 
My blog at the beginning was very, I posted maybe once every two weeks. Sometimes I post three times a week. Then I go a month without posting. There was nothing um, business-like about what I was doing. I was just playing, basically. And um, I got pregnant with my daughter very soon after my son just because I was not a lovely pregnant person. It was not my favorite thing to be pregnant. Pregnancy was very hard for me. Um, and so I wanted to have it over quickly. So we had our, da- my, our daughter. And then right after that, or between my daughter and my son, I would say, I guess, I started running. And after I had my daughter, I decided I wanted to complete my first marathon. So while also trying to blog. It was more like a fitness related blog. I was working out. I was running a ton. I ran a marathon shortly after she was born, a few months actually. Um, And I thought I wanted to do something in the fitness related industry. So I thought I wanted to blog about fitness and be part of that game. Um, And then things went on, life went on. I continued to do that for quite a while. Tried to do the beach body thing, was trying to be pretty consistent about it. Um, But then I also love to do home decorating and decor and things around the house. But I didn't feel like I was qualified, not that I was qualified working out or being a coach at all. But um, I didn't feel qualified enough or I guess maybe just also hesitant about what I was doing to share my home decor with the world. And so I I shared little pieces and parts, but, but not a ton. And Instagram at that point in time was just becoming a thing. And so I would share a few things on there, but it was mostly consistent with food and things like that. Um, and then we decided we were going to sell that house. The market was great. We wanted to be in a, a larger house. It was a two bedroom. So both Tyron and Evelyn were in the same room. Um, we had one bathroom upstairs. The other one was all the way downstairs. My sister was living us with us at that time. And so she was down there and it was just, it was small. And we decided that, um, the equity we had in the house, we were going to turn around. We were going to pay off some bills. We were going to move to a bigger house. And so we started searching and it was probably about a two year search where we weren't quite sure what we wanted to do but I love Zillow I'm addicted to it anyhow so I would just spend nights on Zillow looking I mean that's I still do I will always (laughs) but I would spend nights on Zillow on the couch we'd watch movies and I would just kind of look at Zillow and finally we found this the house that we moved to our Pine Glen house and the Pine Glen house was situated on a half an acre which was so exciting to me it was an older neighborhood the house was built in I believe 1993 um, but it was an established neighborhood all the houses were different they all had either a half an acre some houses had three acres our neighbor down the road had horses we were on the very bottom of Green Bluff which in Spokane is kind of like the fruit stand the farm area there's a lot of farms up there and so it was just a beautifully stunning spot and the house had been a rental for several years it was in need of a ton of love but it was the crappy house in the really good neighborhood and so we made an offer on it and uh, contingent with our other house selling and we got it but we had to sell our first house within two weeks and um and so but we did it we did it all we were ready we got it we got it done we listed the house um our first house on shannon sold we had three offers within the first 24 hours we picked one of those and we ended up moving to the pine Glen house um i had to rewind just a second because i forgot to mention while we were at uh, the Shannon house. And while I was doing Beachbody, I did go to one of the Beachbody summits that was in Nashville, Tennessee. And it was a four day summit. I came with my sister, Emily. It was right after Evelyn had been born. She was a few months old. Um, Travis watched her and Tyron and me and Emily went down there. And that was my first and only experience in Tennessee until we moved here. So just kind of a funny Never in my wildest dreams when I came for the Beach by Summit did I think someday I would live in Tennessee, though it was beautiful and I did enjoy my time there. Um, anyhow, I just had to mention that real quickly. 
I was adamant that when we moved to the new house, we were going to to take our chicken coop that Travis and his dad had built. It was a beautiful chicken coop. Uh, I had, at that point in time, I think I had about 10 chickens in it, which was way too much for the space. But we had just moved the chicken coop to a new spot. We had made a wonderful outdoor area. And I was like, we did not put all that effort into making this beautiful chicken coop for us to just leave it with the new owners. I was like, they will not appreciate it. It has to come with us. So we had five amazing relatives and friends come and they jacked up that chicken coop. We put it on a flatbed bed and we brought it to our new house. Um, but when we did move, Travis is like, this chicken coop is going to stay here forever I'm never moving it again and I said that is fine because if we ever move again my next chicken coop is going to be so much bigger so this one can just stay here and we are currently in the process of building our new chicken coop right now um, and it is going to be a lot bigger but we will share more on that later while we were getting settled into the Pine Glen house there was so much to do in the house so much to do on the property a lot of DIY that at that point in time Beachbody and the whole the whole just workout thing was kind of petering for me. I mean, working out was so important. Eating healthy was so important. But the joy of sharing it and and that kind of stuff was just no longer there. And so organically, I just started sharing more of the DIY and the home stuff because that was what we were doing. That was our life. This house was basically kind of falling down around our ears and we need to fix it up. So uh, I started sharing that and really it caught on and people were very excited. And our house was very similar to a lot of other people they said. And they went to what we were doing with this. And we were doing wainscoting and we were redoing hallways and we were remodeling bathrooms and we were changing out floors. And so people were just very, very excited to be part of this journey we were also fixing the backyard we were redoing the grass there the weeds had overtaken things there was actually a huge three-tiered pond in the backyard that needed a ton of love and so people just loved to um to chat to chat and to see what we were doing to this house and I was getting information and gleaning wisdom from the people who were on Instagram. Um, that was when Instagram was really starting to get hot and it was just this amazing community that we were developing on there and I just felt that I hit my niche. My niche. <laughs> it was exciting for me to share. I love doing it and so I was like, you know what, I'm going to do a little bit of a pivot here um, as I say in Friends and I'm going to Ross it up and we're going to, to swap and I'm going to start talking more about home decor and things like that and less about um, the personal stuff like the working out and the food and all that kind of stuff. And so I did and it organically happened and it it felt right and um, everyone responded very well. And so I swapped my blog as well to be more specific to home decor and I tried to start being more consistent with that. And so I made myself a little schedule and I tried very hard to stick to it. The first year at the Pine Glen house, there was so much to do that a garden was just out of the question. We got the chickens ready. We installed a new outdoor run for them. We cleaned up the pond. We worked on the house a lot. And um, yeah, gardening was not in the equation. So what I did was I grabbed a lot of pots and we had a beautiful patio in the backyard. And I planted tomatoes. I planted just enough to enjoy when you at the harvest time. Nothing that I could can, nothing that I could preserve, but enough to where I still was doing it. I still had my hands in the dirt. I was still weeding a little bit and we could still enjoy the fruits of our labor at the end of the summer. And so we did that. And then the next spring, I was so excited to put in my garden. Pinterest is my second love um, behind Zillow. And so I was 
on Pinterest all the time looking at garden designs. I wanted to have it fenced the whole way around so that the dogs could stay out of it. That when I took let, let the chickens out of the chicken coop that they could go into the garden. Um, and so I positioned the garden to where it was kind of in a square corner of the back of our yard next to a little shed next to the chicken coop and we fenced it all off. I put in four huge beds there and we had tons of tiny little beds on the side and it was a joy. It wasn't big enough. If we had stayed there longer, I definitely would have expanded it, but it was good enough. I love to can salsa. That's my biggest thing. Every fall, I like to do a lot of salsa canning. And so we planted tons of tomatoes, tons of green peppers, had the salt. It was it was a beautiful garden. How we constructed it, the fencing and everything, it was gorgeous. I told Travis, again, I said, I want, if we stayed here long enough, I could have got better homes and gardens out here. I was like, give me a few more years and it would have been better homes and garden worthy. Um, because I just, aesthetics are very important to me. Aesthetics in the garden, aesthetics in the house, it, it needs to be pretty. And that's just who I am. And I've embraced that and I'm okay with that. I know that that is not everyone, but it has to be pretty for me or, or I won't want to be out there. I won't want to do it. Simply utilitarian in a garden or in a kitchen or anything else will not work for me. So I would look at ways to have flowers climb up here or to have undergrowth over here or can I put a flower besides this kind, this side of the, the stream on the pond? Can I find an antique chair and put it over in this corner? I would just sit out there in the morning with my coffee and I would just dream about how I can constantly continue to improve it and make it better. I know a lot of people dream about doing other things outside of the home. They have big um, goals as far as for their work, for their careers. But for me, the, the older I grew, the more I wanted my work to be home. When I was young, there was part of me who was like, I want to have a job in New York and I want to be a, uh, a media specialist or a PR agent. And that was a dream. But as I got married, as I had kids, and as I watched them grow and it goes so fast, as the years go by, I want to be home. I want to cultivate a place that my family enjoys being at. I want to make some place that's beautiful, that it's an escape. I'm all for vacations, but I want my home to feel like a vacation. I want it to feel like a paradise. Is that going to take a lot of work? 100%. Is there constant things that you have to do every day, chores and things to maintain that? Of course there is. But I also, for the most part, do consider those a joy. There are days, we all have days, but I love my home. And I also love to host. I enjoy friends coming over. One of my favorite things to do is I always have fresh cookies on the counter. They only last a few days, so I make cookies every couple days. But when my parents would stop by, my dad would always go to the cookie jar. When I had friends over, I could offer them a cookie. I have coffee that's sitting on the counter. Can I make you a batch of coffee? You know, Can I make you a cup? Do you want to come take a stroll in my garden? Let's go sit here. It was my goal to not only have my house be a haven for our family, but to be a haven for the people I love. And I also enjoy hosting parties. I did Friendsgiving every year. Any excuse to have a barbecue or a gathering or a get together, I wanted to do it and I wanted to do it at my house. I enjoy that. I collect glassware and serving dishes and platters. I love to go antiquing and scavenger hunting and just buying things. I mean, for Pete's sake, I'm a, I just love to buy things. <laughs> um, and so I have all these beautiful things. And what's the point of having beautiful things if you can't use them and that you can't use them to bless other people? And so um, I would constantly have people over at my house in the middle of DIYs and projects. Nothing had to be perfect. We were constantly in the middle of a project where one, one section of our house felt 
like it was just tore up, but the rest of it was okay. Or the backyard was tore up, but the inside was okay. And that's called life. And there's never going to be a spot in life where, okay, now I can see people or, okay, now things are perfect enough for me to host guests or have a party. That's not the way I live. I live I try to live for the here and now. And so do you want to have a barbecue in two hours? My house is a mess. Come on over. Just know that it's not going to be the best, but I will serve you and we will have a great time. And so in all the DIY and all the home projects and the life I was living and as I was growing older, home is where I want to be. And, um, and I knew after about two years at our house that it might when we originally moved to Pine Glen, I was like, this is our forever house. This is going to be it. But after about two years, there was part of me that was going, I think I need more. More as far as my garden's not big enough. I don't have all the animals we really want to have. I feel like our family and our goals and our aspirations of what we want to do with our life is outgrowing our space. But yet it wasn't time to leave. And so Travis and I discussed things. We knew that there was probably going to be a shift, but we didn't really speak it out loud yet. We told maybe some close family and friends, but the day-to-day, there was nothing different. We lived how we were always living. We were always DIYing our house. At that point in time, um, my blog and what I had been doing on social media had caught on quite a bit, and I had a lot of collaborations with companies. I was actually getting paid for some of the things. I mean, things were happening, so we were very happy, but... We were also looking ahead, and I don't think there's anything wrong with looking ahead and also being very um, grateful and um, honored with what you currently have. So that, my friends, is Aaron the early years, up to almost current times, about two years ago at this point in time. And so I will continue this conversation next week. Our The podcast come out every Tuesday. This one's coming out a little late because honestly, I was scared. I'm... I was scared to start a podcast. I was scared to do this. But you know what? We do things scared here. Um, I always have. And it it doesn't get less scary when you do different new things. You just learn how to do it through it. So we are doing it through it over here. And we will touch more on the last house and prepping to move. And then we'll really get into our series of moving, which is going to entail the research, the struggles, the relationships, the moving away from family, Um, all of it to what we're doing here currently at our house to make it a home and to establish our farm and homestead and be more self-sufficient. So thank you for being here for the first episode and I will see you guys next week.